Think of all the voices that are speaking into our lives. We're really bombarded, aren't we, from the very beginning of our day till we lay our heads on our pillows at night. We're bombarded with voices speaking to us, trying to influence us. The media have to be very careful, don't we? Be very, very careful. We need to know what's going on in the world, but remember, there's some of that that's being influenced maybe inappropriately for a bigger purpose. How about the voice that just speaks in your own head? Our media, uh, uh, our, our entertainment, excuse me. How many listen to the radio just about every day? I love music, and so I, I want to hear music almost every day. I, I, you know, that's just, it's in me. That's not bad. That's not a bad thing. But we have to be careful, the voices that are speaking. Because, believe it or not, voices influence us. And the main voice we need to hear is the voice of God. And of course, everybody says, you preach, Pastor Steve. Yes, sir. Of course. We know that. We acknowledge that. But is that the primary voice that we're hearing every day? There's a question. I want you to open your Bible to Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19 is where we're going to go. We're going a little old school today. I don't have my sermon notes on the screen for you. So you're going to have to actually follow along in your Bible. Can you believe it? You'll have to get a pen and paper out and take some notes maybe. I would love for you to take some notes today, seriously. I believe it will be of great benefit to you. And isn't that what it's all about, coming into this place every Sunday? Or any time we come so we can benefit I want you to benefit. I want you to actually latch on to something. Psalm chapter 19. It's so good. Let's just read the whole thing. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His handiwork. Day after day utters speech. And night after night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, no language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the world. Their words to the end of the earth. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from the end of heaven and its circuit to the other end. And there's nothing hidden from its heat. Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, 
enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord, they are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Look closely at verse number 11. You may want to underline this, highlight this, put an asterisk next to this. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Verse 12, who can understand his errors, his one's own errors? Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. If you don't mind, I want to recite verse 14 aloud and together. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. This was a prayer from the psalmist. We've just joined the psalmist and prayed it together. We pray it in the name of Jesus. If you're into social media... I would like all of us to put this on our status. This scripture, Psalm 1914, update your status now. You have permission. Tweet it out. We'll do it as a church. If you don't have your phone, your tablet, maybe do this later, but I would like us to, to united say this and, and declare this and pray this as a body. Let the words of, of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable or pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength, my Redeemer. Has anyone ever heard the audible voice of God? Okay. Okay. Anybody over here ever heard the audible voice of God? Miss Bonnie, is it something you can share or is it private? I was praying one night uh, seven years ago and uh, I just, nobody was around me and I just heard the voice of God. And I looked up and looked around and nobody was around me. And I just heard the voice of God. What did he say? He said, Bonnie. He called your name. <laughs> wow. I love that. You heard God call your name. Look at that. Hair on my arm just stood right up. Who else heard the voice of God? You said you heard the audible voice of God. Is it something you can share succinctly and quickly? Gail? Yes. Uh, actually, it was at my, the point of my salvation. I cried out to a God that I didn't believe existed because I was raised in
Wow. Which I didn't know. Yeah, the significance of that. Wow. Somebody else, one, one more that said they heard the auto Floyd, is it something you can share if it's private? I won't pry into that. Loudly and quickly. That's a good thing. And uh, I didn't know who to write it to. Hmm. And so I was going to write it to uh, actually a, a church on the way out there in Van Nuys. Jack Hayford, sure. Wow. Amazing. I, I must confess to you today, I have not heard the audible voice of God. I'll go on to say, I'm not asking God to speak to me audibly. If he does, that's God's business, and I'll certainly listen. But the way I see it, I'll have lots of time to hear his audible voice because I've already made plans to go to heaven and I'm going to live forever and give praise to my creator and I'll hear his voice hallelujah so I'm not seeking that I'm not praying for that but I thought for sure there would be one or two or more that possibly have heard God speak but even though I have never heard the audible voice of God I want to tell you this God still speaks. I've entitled this message today, God Still Speaks. Can you hear him? God, would you take out of our ears those things that have clogged and, and tried to block your voice? Do it today, God. Let us hear you. Let us hear your voice today. He still speaks. Our text highlights three ways that God speaks. First of all, he speaks through the skies to declare his glory. If you're taking notes, I'll repeat it. He speaks through the skies to declare his glory. Look closely. The scripture here says the heavens declare or speak of the glory of of God. Now, our society today and modern science would like us to believe in the natural laws of things. <laughs> they want us to believe that we have evolved to this state 
of being. That's hard for me to believe. I think evolution takes far more faith than to believe in a creator. Come on, somebody. They want us to believe in the natural laws, the natural, they call it the natural, and leave out the supernatural. But I believe in the supernatural. I believe in a God that I've never seen. I believe in a God that I've never audibly heard. I believe in his hand that I have never touched. But yet, I believe. I believe that God said, let there be, and there was. Do I have any believers in the house here today? God doesn't have to speak audibly to me. I still believe in his voice. God doesn't have to show himself personally to me. And I guess I really pray he doesn't because I hear that they die if you actually see God, you know. I'm going to see him on the other side. Come on, somebody. I'm going to see him on the other side. I'm going to hear his voice on the other side. But I still believe in him today, even though I haven't heard him, even though I haven't touched him. I haven't seen him with my eyes. I still believe. And God speaks to me. The very sky, nature itself, will speak on behalf of God. If we look closely at the beauty of creation, you'll see God. Who but God could paint the sunrise and the sunset in such a magnificent way? Who but God could put the detail on a flower like God? I'm confident, confident enough in my masculinity to say this. I like to look at flowers. I'll tell you what, the hydrangeas in England were unbelievable. Karen's like, you've got plenty of pictures of hydrangeas. Take another one of an old church. <laughs> we went to Stonehenge. How many have ever been to Stonehenge? Anybody? Floyd, I think you and Debbie said you'd been there. It really is something to see. And the English poppies were in bloom. I, I, it was magnificent. I looked over this field and I thought, who but God could paint like that? Who but God? See, even, even the flowers are trying to speak on God's behalf. Even the waves crashing in on the shore at Huntington Beach, they're trying to speak. They are speaking, but do we even hear? And if we hear, do we listen? God is speaking through creation. The heavens are declaring God and His glory. Psalmist David, I love this. In Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, he said, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. See, sometimes God doesn't even have to use his whole hand. He'll just use a finger or two. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are even mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? Open your eyes and you will see God. Listen carefully and you will hear the voice of God even in the wind whistling through the trees. 
Look upon the mountains and you'll see God. Isaiah in chapter 40 and verse number 12, he said, he who has measured the, the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured the, hand, the heaven with the span of his hand, calculated the dust particles of the earth in one measure, weighed the mountains in a scale and the hills in a balance. Who but God? We look upon the ocean and think how vast, how, how ginormous it really is, and all it is is a little cup of water in the hand of God. We look on the horizon, and you can't see from one end to the next, and all that is is the span of God's hand. Are you listening? Can you hear God? He is speaking. He still speaks today. Jesus saw the handiwork of his father. Jesus liked to admire flowers, by the way, too. Go to Matthew chapter 6. You'll see Jesus talking about birds and flowers. So I feel like I'm in good company. Right? He talked about sheep, too. That's right. I was, I was fascinated with all the sheep that lined the, the, the landscape in, in northern England. It was breathtaking. Jesus talked a lot about sheep. Karen kept picking on me because I was looking at sheep and flowers. Sheep and flowers. But I was amazed at the handiwork of... When is the last time you really dropped your jaw in amazement at what God could do that nobody else could do? He's trying to speak through us through sheep and flowers. Jesus saw that. He, he talked about the birds of the, the air and how God feeds the birds. He talked about the field and how God clothes the field with lilies. And aren't we more important than birds and flowers? God cares for us and he cares so much for us that he's going to speak to us if we'll just listen. The complexity of our universe. A big bang, really? Seriously? A big bang caused this universe to evolve and arrange itself in this orderly manner, this orderly fashion, really? Seriously? I say creation itself and the, the creation of our universe, it demands a creator. And we know him. We know him as God Almighty. We know him as Jehovah God. And there's no God like Jehovah. Come on, somebody. There's no God like Jehovah. He's greater than Muhammad. He's greater than Buddha. Hallelujah. He's greater than Confucius. There's no God like our God. There's no God like Jehovah God. He is the creator of all that is. Only a fool could believe that this universe evolved from nothing. Perhaps that's why Psalm 53.1 says, the fool has said in his heart, what did the fool say? Come on, what did the fool say? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Don't be a fool today. When you leave out of here, you look upon the mountains if the smog isn't clouding it. You look at the palm trees. I don't care what you look at today. Find a flower somewhere. You'll see God. You could hear God. There are two ways that creation speaks of God. 
First of all, creation speaks of God's nature. It speaks of God's nature. Who but God could create the vast, the vastness of our universe and all of the planets aligned and, and living just perfectly where they're living, hanging all of the stars where they, where they hang and they don't fall. Isn't it amazing? And yet could paint the detail on a flower. The fingerprint of a baby. Judah, taking his first steps. I missed it. I saw it on social media, though. Thank God for social media. There are some good things that actually come about. He took his first couple steps, didn't he? Who but God could paint that footprint, that fingerprint, the delicacies, intricacies. Unbelievable. Takes somebody with almighty power, doesn't it? That's our God. Strong, vibrant. Big, vast, yet personal, detailed. Creation speaks of God's nature, his power, omnipotent. Omni is, is all. Potent is power. Omnipotence, all power, belongs to our God. And day and night, I'm, I'm speaking to you about creation speaking of his nature, his handiwork shows his power. Day and night shows his wisdom. See, you're going through your routine day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year, and you're not even realizing, perhaps, that God is speaking to you through your daily routine. I wake up at about 6.30 every morning. I don't need an alarm clock. I just, I get up. How many just get up? You don't need an alarm clock. You, you got one built in now. It's been so long. I just get up. I'd like to press in and sleep in, and I just have to get up. I get up, and first thing, I think I've got to get some coffee made so I can bring a cup to my bride. I brought Karen coffee for 25 years, and I hope God gives me 25 more to bring you a cup of coffee every morning. I really do. I go on with my day, my stomach starts rumbling about 12, 11.30 to 12, my stomach starts rumbling, and I've got to eat at 12 o'clock or I'll be just a little bit irritable. I get a little bit of low blood sugar, you know, and I've got to eat. I'm on a schedule, so I eat something. Then I have to have a snack about 3 o'clock. You know how it goes. You've got your daily routine. Then we, we get tired at night, and we, we go to sleep at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever it is for you. And you start that cycle again. Do you know that even in your daily routine, God is speaking? Day unto day and night unto night, God's voice could be heard. God created this unbelievably perfect cycle. Second to, to minute, minute to hour. Hours into days, days to weeks and weeks to months and months to years. We couldn't come up with this on our own. This takes a perfect creator, all-wise God. Creation speaks of his nature. Creation speaks to every nation. It says there's no tongue, there's no speech, there's no language. Verse number three, no speech, no language where the voice isn't heard. The heavens declare the glory of God, and it's to every nation. doesn't matter what nation you visit. 
We visited several nations in Europe. I've been to several more above that. All of them have day and night. All of them have seasons. All of them have some bit of creation, don't they? All of it is speaking of God and for God. Their words to the end of the world. I believe nature preaches a thousand sermons every day to every heart around the world. Starts with day and it moves to night. We start walking and we end up sleeping. There is just a cycle. Spring, uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Everywhere you go. This is God trying to speak to us. All of creation and nature's activities speak of God and they declare His glory. Now let me just say this before I move on. God gets all the glory. You might jot that down just to serve as a good reminder to you. Because sometimes we want a little piece of it, don't we? After all, God, I'm the one helping you here. After all, God, I'm the one singing on your behalf. No, don't take any glory that belongs to God. He's fine to reward us, and that should be sufficient. It will be sufficient. But all the glory, come on, somebody say all the glory. glory. It goes to God. Creation, nature, the skies, they're speaking, declaring God's glory. Secondly, he speaks through the scripture, and this is to declare his grace. He speaks through the scripture to declare his grace. If you want to truly hear God, here's the primary way he'll speak. It's through the word. God will speak to you through his word. But we have a part to play. We have to actually get the word, read the word, study the word, meditate on the word, delight ourselves in the word, discipline yourself in the word of God every day. This is a daily book, folks. This is an occasional book. This isn't something that you open when the pastor says open it and then, and then you close it back up and you don't visit it again until the next Sunday. Oh, help me somebody. Shout me, bro. Shout me down just a little bit right there. Thank you. Charlie, you're working or I would have had you do it. <clears throat> you, I'll let you read over this again. Verses 7 through 11, unbelievable about the word of God. There's some, there's some elements, some descriptions, really, of the word that I want us to highlight. It's perfect, first of all. It's perfect. This is telling us how valuable the word of God is to our daily, everyday living. It's perfect, verse number 7 tells us. That means there's no error in the word of God. It's without error. It's perfect. It doesn't contain lies. The lies of men or the lies of the enemy, they're not not in here. It's flawless and perfect. It's a book of truth. You know what they say about truth? The truth what? The truth will set you free. There's another phrase, the truth hurts. Uh, 
Well, maybe, see, maybe the Bible is going to sting a little bit because it's a book of truth. And the truth hurts. The truth will set you free, but there's plenty of folks who don't really want to be free. That's another message for another day. I'll, I'll preach that some other time. <clears throat> it's a perfect book. And the, the results of it being perfect is salvation or conversion. Because of its perfectness, it will result in conversion. It's a sure book, verse number 7, the last part there. It's sure. In other words, you can count on it. It's trustworthy. And it doesn't change. Psalm 119.89 tells us, Forever, O Lord, your word, your word is settled. Don't try to go messing with the word of God. Can I, can I just talk to you a minute? Don't, don't mess with the word of God, adding to it or taking away with it or adjusting it to fit your lifestyle. Hello? I have the New King James Version I'd like to preach from. There's several other versions in my office that I like to reference, and maybe part of my devotions are, are the New Living. I love the New Living. I don't know where you land. How many good old-fashioned King James do we still have? You like the King James? Woo! I still like, it's so poetic. I still like the King James. Um, we don't talk like that anymore, so it's a little bit hard for me to preach from, for me. But it doesn't matter. Uh, find a version that you like and that will speak to you. There's another version out, by the way. <clears throat> it's the Queen James Version. I'm not making this up. How many have ever heard this? You re maybe you read it. I read an article on this recently. Jerry, it's the Queen James Version. And the homosexual community has rewritten portions of Scripture to accommodate their lifestyle. Now let me make something very, very clear here. We are not to promote hate, church. We're not to promote hate. We're to, we're to love everybody. Because sin is sin. Is sin is sin. And folks are tripped up and trapped in all manner of sin. But yet we seem to, to really focus in on homosexuality, and boy, we want to condemn that. We have to be very careful. I believe the Scripture is clear that it does not promote homosexuality. But we're to love everybody. But it's very dangerous when you go adjusting a, a book that is perfect and sure and trustworthy. And even though it's, it may sting at times, and it may go counter to how I want to live and what I want to do, we must leave it alone and let it, let it say what it says and do what it does. Amen? Please don't misunderstand when I... This is a delicate, delicate subject. And I don't tread into these waters often because I don't want to be misunderstood. We're to love everyone, church. And let God, who is big enough 
to illuminate all of our flaws and all of our sin through his word. Let him do that. Amen? Amen. What if somebody comes in that's a homosexual and they want to be part of our church? Are we going to tell them there's no room for them here? Well, I just waited all. I'm, I'm, I'm knee-deep in this now, aren't I? We have to love and let God change the heart and mind and inside of all of us. Because if we got to see on the inside of any of us, it's pretty ugly. Now I'm about waist deep in it. But you got your issues just like I've got my issues and we need to take it all to the Lord and let him sort it all out. The Bible will do it. It's strong enough. It's trustworthy enough. It's solid enough. It's sure enough. It's right. Number three. This is a little sub point under the bigger two. I'm so used to my screen here and giving you notes there. It's right. The Bible is right. There are folks today that want to say it's old-fashioned and it's out of date. It's not relevant to the way we live today. Well, I believe it's still right. And it will show us the path that is right. Because the Word of God is right, it will show us the path that is right. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. It leads me and guides me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You know what happens when you walk a path that is right? It feels good. I see Randy here today nodding his head. You've, you've walked a few paths, haven't you, in your life? Yes, you have. And I want to commend you today, my friend, for always trying to get back on the right path. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. If I have any part to play, and if I can help in any way, you are going to make it. But it feels good, Pastor Moses, walking out a path. Just do it for one day. One day, you, you walk that path. Now, I, it's, it's like I'm walking a tightrope right here, see? Because the Bible tells us it's a, snake, a, a straight and narrow path. You've got to be careful about every step. Every step matters, right? Wide is the road. It leads to destruction. But when you do that, you end up, in, at the end of the day, you go, I feel good. It makes your heart rejoice. You don't take any pride in yourself, but you feel good about doing right. The Word of God is right. It wants to illuminate the path that He wants us to walk, which is right, and that results in your heart rejoicing and feeling good. Then you just stack up a right day after another right day, and all at once you've lived a whole week right. Then you've lived four weeks right, which adds up to a month of living right, and you just keep repeating. You can live a righteous or a right life. The Word of God will help you do it. It's pure and clean, number four, verses eight and nine tells us. 
It's more valuable than gold, verse 10. And it's sweeter than honey. Read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. There's a sweetness to this Word. You don't need artificial sweetener. You just need the Word of God. It'll satisfy your spiritual appetite, I promise you. It'll cause you to come back wanting more and more and more. I have to have it. I can't live without it. It is my life. Get to that place where you, you, you just have to, you have to read the Word of God every day. Not like a drudgery. Now, there is a bit of a discipline that has to happen. But all at once, it's no longer a discipline. It's a desire. Your discipline will shift to desire. And you will just crave the Word of God and how He might speak to you, how He might guide you, which leads me to my third point. He speaks to the soul to declare guidance. I don't know about you, but I need help. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you need help. <laughs> that felt so good. <clears throat> I need guidance, Victor. If left to myself, I'll follow down a path that's not, not so good. But see, God knows that, and he's going to speak to my soul. Now, this is a shift in the speaking. Speaking through the skies, well, everybody can hear that if they're just listening. Speaking through the scripture, really, everybody could hear God speaking. You read the word, and it's, it's, it's alive, isn't it? It's living. So, yes, we can hear. But speaking to the soul, that's so private and so personal and so intimate. I love that. Who can understand his own errors? Look at verse 12. Cleanse me from my secret faults. Wow. Keep me from presumptuous sin. Wow. Don't let them have dominion over me. Let me tell you a couple things as we close this out. God understands our weakness. This was a, a huge relief to me. He knows we're, we're prone to sin. There is a proclivity to sin. And if left to ourselves, we'll continue to go to that. He knows our faults, our flaws our failures, he knows our weaknesses, our errors, I think the psalmist said there. He understands. And he's lovingly looking down. I wrote a song when I was in college. It said, he keeps on loving me. He keeps on loving me, even though sometimes I fail him. He keeps on loving me even though sometimes I fall. With understanding eyes, he looks down and once again, he takes me in his arms and loves me.
Julio, aren't you glad that he understands? Not everybody understands. God understands. God understands. He understands our weakness, and he wants to guide our words. Let the meditation of my heart, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable or pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. What's coming out of your mouth? I'll tell you what's coming out of your mouth. <clears throat> Whatever you're harboring in your heart, <laughs> that's what's coming out of your mouth. If negativity is coming out of your mouth, you probably let that take residence in your heart. I'm not saying that we don't from time to time slip up and maybe say things that we go, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. You can't drive on the 405 and say something every now and then that you wish you hadn't said. <laughs> now that's just being real today. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a consistent flow out of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. God wants to guide our words by helping what's in our heart. See? Out of the abundance of the heart. Finish it for me. If we will just meditate on, on God, on the things of God, on the Word of God, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. As we meditate and think on the Word of God all day long, I believe the Holy Spirit will guide our lives. We need guidance. You need guidance. God knows this. And so, sometimes He speaks very loudly and publicly through the heavens, the firmament, the sky. He'll speak universally through his scripture. But I love that he speaks privately to our soul. And that's a voice that not everybody else hears. It's a personal word to you. And I hear God speaking today. I want you to close your eyes and, and listen. Do you hear God? Can you hear His still, small voice? God, speak today. Word of God, speak. You pour down like rain. Washing my Down my way. 
heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder if there's one here today that would say, I'm having trouble hearing God. I want to hear Him, but there seems to be a blockage. And I struggle to hear God's voice. If that's you, stand. Because today, that blockage is going to be unblocked. Now you'll have to let pride go and risk somebody peeking maybe. Who cares? I want to hear God. I want to hear God. Like I've never heard Him before. We have so many voices speaking to us. And every voice has potential to influence how we live. Are you ready to hear God? If you're struggling to hear His voice, just stand right now. standing, put your hands on your ears. Those who are responding to this prayer, put your hands on your ears. I'm just following what the Lord's telling me to tell you to do. Jesus. It's, it's unclogging, unblocking right now. We thank you that right now clarity is coming. Let all distractions, God, let them be gone. And all the voices, the voices from the world, the voices from media and entertainment, the voices from family and friends maybe, and even the voices that are just rolling around in our heads, let them all be diminished so we can hear your voice like we've never heard your voice guiding us and directing us, speaking, showing us, God, let it happen now in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I want you to read the Word of God today. And I believe you will hear the voice of God. He'll direct you. I don't know what scripture you're to read, what book you're to read. Just get the Bible. Go to the Bible and read it today. And I, I believe confidently that you're going to hear the voice of God. Everyone's standing now. Speak to us, God. Speak to us, God. Word of God, speak. Pour down my grave, washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know you're in this place. Please let me say that in your
opportunity to come together and to grow in you. I ask that you would be with us today and help those who have prayed to hear you, God. Lead them to the place that you want them to go in scripture and help them to hear you today and throughout the week. And help us as we go out this week. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.